if we had allotted some extra time for being together this morning, we might have at this point uh, kind of an open discussion asking each of us to choose a favorite passage of scripture and wondering which one would come to mind. And extroverts would go first and introverts could take a little longer. Of course, for any of us, it might be hard to settle on just one text. Surely two or three would kind of rise to the top of our list. We might call it our default text, the one that we feel that we feel allows us to ground our spiritual strength within that remarkable relationship that we enjoy with the risen Christ. To use an architectural image, one that we find Jesus using himself, the question would be, what is the cornerstone of our life of faith? That particular phrase or, or teaching or, or parable or perhaps a psalm refrain that holds everything together for us. A number of years ago, when I was working at the office for worship, and from where I lived to the office, I had to use Ashland Drive for a rather long time. And it was quite annoying um, at 7.30 in the morning. And one morning, the director of our office asked us all this very question. What is your first scripture passage, your first scripture text of the morning? And I said, I can tell you what mine is. Coming down Ashland Drive, I think of the farmer looking out over the field and seeing the weeds there that grew up in the night, and it comes to my mind, an enemy has done this. <laughs> and in that whole context, I wonder, what text did Jesus think was his best teaching? The one that captured the very heart of his message and his ministry on behalf of the Father? Did he perhaps like the Beatitudes as much as we like them? Was he proud in a holy kind of way of one of the parables more than the others? Did he really like the parables in chapter 15 of Luke's Gospel, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the prodigal son that so eloquently described the amazing compassion and mercy of God, a compassion and a mercy that he went to great lengths to present to everyone whom he encountered. And so I would suggest that the text of today's Gospel from John would be hard to beat as the very heart of who Jesus understands himself to be as the Son of God, the very incarnation of God's love, and to tell us simply, I am the first, and above all others, your lover. What an extraordinary 
declaration. He takes an ordinary experience that is so at the heart of human living, the experience of love and friendship, and raises it to the level of divine joy and human purpose. He understands, we can tell by what he says, that he is loved by the Father, but this is not enough. The love in which he abides is incomplete unless he bestows it on others, and we are the chosen recipients of that love. It is not an obligation on his part. It is, Jesus says, his joy to do that. I think I mentioned once about those annoying email chain letters that warn you not to break the chain and beg you to send some sentimental passage, some awful piece of poetry about love and friendship to seven other people with the clause at the end. And I hope I'm on that list. <laughs> well, guess what? Not anymore. <laughs> of course, what, what Jesus is telling us is more profound than an email chain message. The love of the Father has initiated a friendship that unfolds, perhaps, like the links of a chain like the partners in some great cosmic dance. Jesus is the first, and then he in turn passes that love on to others, to us, and tells us that what his love from the Father is meant to do is to be given away. We know that line, he emptied himself, and he loved those that were given to him and he loved them to the end. It follows, it seems to me, that we in turn pass on that same love to others. In fact, it is only fulfilled when that actually happens. And when that happens, Jesus says, your joy will be complete. I don't think there's a more profound or enriching experience than to be loved by someone who simply enjoys loving in return or loving first. This level of relationship is profoundly sacramental. Just as the sacraments of the church are signs of God's love for us and transform who we are and how we are to live, so to every expression of love bestows grace that transforms us. The love of the risen Christ infiltrates our being, abides in the marrow of our bones, flows through us as sap through the vine and the branches, rearranges ourselves 
so that they become sources of Christ-like words and actions. And from that second reading of John's letter, where he says this is the love that reflects God and God's love in every human being. And I take it from that, that that love of God is not decreed by some congregational group in Rome. It is not prescribed. It can't be conditioned by human interference. It comes from God, and we do well not to reject it. The love of the risen Christ gets inside us because that's what God does. And so we can say this in all humility and believe it with conviction. There it is in that one line in the gospel today. It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you. And I'll take that as my cornerstone of life every time.